thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad that you're with us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. Come on in. We're having us a good time. And uh, the Word, it gives you the best time. Amen. Amen. And we are so enjoying uh, what we're teaching on the subject of faith yes. because faith is our part. Yes. We, as we do our part better and better and better, more skillfully uh, than we know this, God will always do his part perfectly. Always. He always does it. And so we're the variable, not God. And the more accurately and skillfully we do our part, the more accurately we live in line with the word. Amen. So uh, we've been teaching on the subject of faith and we invite you go back and watch previous episodes. And I would say today's episode, you need to watch the previous, especially two episodes, but there's many more episodes in this series. So go watch them, but you're not going to get the whole of what we've been saying unless you go back and watch it. So go back and watch the previous episodes. And as we've said, full faith doesn't come with one hearing. We need to keep hearing and hearing. Why? So that we become doers. Right. It's the doer that's blessed. Yeah. It's not yeah. just, thank God for hearing, but we can't congratulate ourselves just because we heard. Right. We need to move into the doing. That's yes. what will reap the benefits yes. of the faith that's in our heart. Amen. So we see this faith gets results. Yes. Faith yes. gets results. And if we're not, we should not be okay if we're not getting the results the word says belongs yes. to us. Amen. And so we want to go back and always check our faith life. Is it in good working order? Are we in our faith? The word tells us, examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. You can have faith and not be in it. Yeah. The faith of God's in your heart if you're born again. Uh, but you can have faith and not be exercising it, not be releasing it. We will not receive in life because we have faith. We will receive in life because we're releasing the faith we have. We're using, we're spending that faith. You know, you can have money in your wallet, but if you don't spend it, you don't get any goods. Right. <laughs> right? You can go in, you can go into a store and say, I got a lot of money in this wallet. And they said, well, we better get some before you get anything out of this store. Right? right. They're not going to say, oh, you got money in your wallet. Well, here, take this, take that, take this, because they're not going to let you take it out unless you take that money out of your wallet and put it in their hand. Right. You got to get it in circulation. Right. Even so, your faith has to get into circulation. Yeah. 
Amen. It's got to be released for it to even have a divine exchange between you and heaven. Amen. And uh, we've been looking at this, uh, this verse in Jude, and I'll just quote it today. We know there's one chapter in Jude, but Jude wrote, and he said, it's needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. To have a faith that always receives, you have to contend for that. You have to become skillful. You have to go through the process of learning faith. How does it operate? How does it function? What is my part in faith? What does faith believe? What does faith do? What does faith say? Yes. Amen. So when we hear the word, the word tells us faith comes by hearing, but faith is not released by hearing. You can sit and hear and hear and hear and hear, but if you don't release that faith, that you won't benefit from the faith you have. So you have to release your faith. Well, how do you release it? Through what you say and through what you do. Faith, it, faith can't be heard until you say something. You can have a heart full of faith, but that, that faith can't be heard until you say something. Um, so I want you to see the phrase earnestly contend for the faith. That's what we're doing. We're growing. We're becoming more skillful with this flow of faith because it's the currency of heaven. It's how we conduct business with God. Now, Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, we're going to read this passage again. It's been one of our keynote passages God was speaking of Abraham and he made this statement. He said, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now, this is what faith does. It calls those things which be not as though they were. Abraham did that. But he didn't start out doing that. He had to learn that. And that's what in the last, I believe, two episodes or so, we've been looking at in detail. And we'll finish up a little bit of that today. Uh, but it says that faith calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's what, that's what, that's the action of faith. It has a call. Um, faith can't be released through your silence. Yes, that's right. Uh, you have to say something. Yes. You have to call. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. It says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall I see be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. This is, what the, this is what heaven records about Abraham. He was strong in faith. He was strong. I, yeah. We want heaven to say that about us. Yeah. Strong yeah. in faith. Yeah. Our life needs to depict yeah. that we are strong yeah. in faith. Yeah. Yes. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, because that's what strong faith does. And being fully persuaded that God, that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So that's what strong faith does. It believes God performs what he says. Amen. That's what strong faith, that's, that's the stance of strong faith. God performs it. And what we were looking at the two previous episodes is Abraham ended up this way. This is the description in Romans 4 of where Abraham's faith ended up, but it's not where his faith started. It's not how he looked at looked like 
when he first started because he had to also learn how to earnestly contend so that his faith could come to this full flow, this strong place in God. Um, We don't have time to, of course, go through it again, but what we looked at was when Abraham was 75 years old, God said to him, I'm going to make of thee a great nation. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, give you a seed and your descendants will be as numerous as the sand, be as numerous as the stars in the heavens. And so God said that to him when he was 75 years old. Um, in a vision that Abraham, or he was Abram then, that he had of the Lord, uh, even after he had heard what God said, Abram said this, I'm childless. Seeing I go childless. He didn't call himself the father of many nations. He called himself in the presence of the Lord in a vision. He said, I'm childless. I'm childless. He's saying something different than what the Lord said. See, you can believe something, but if you don't say the right thing, you know, you, you can, you can, you're, you can have faith in your heart about something, but be talking out of your head, be talking out of the mental arena, you know? Um, and then he said in the, in the presence of the Lord in this vision, he also says, thou hast given me no seed. So what's he trying to do? He's trying to figure out. How is what you're saying going to happen? Seeing these outward manifestations are not as you're saying. Seeing I go childless. So he's saying this natural realm, what I'm seeing, I have no child. And that you have not given me a seed. So we see this. And then he said, it, it says, and he believed in the Lord. So he believed something, but he wasn't saying the right thing. This is what you have to learn to contend for in this life of faith. Not only do you believe right, you contend to say right. And there's all kinds of circumstances trying to get you to say wrong. And you have to contend to say right things, right words. There's all kinds of feelings, all kinds of emotions that want to put wrong words in your mouth and you have to contend for right words only in my mouth. I have one confession. It's the confession of the word. It's not the confession of my feelings. It's not the confession of my emotions. It's not the confession of my circumstances. I have one confession and that is the confession of the word and I will not mingle that confession with my feelings, with my emotions and my circumstances. Abraham had to learn this because even in the presence of the Lord, he was doing it wrong. He was saying it wrong. He believed something, but he was saying it wrong. And so when uh, 24 years had passed, 24 years, Abraham is 99. He's he's had a child through through his wife's servant, Ishmael, and that's not the plan. That wasn't the plan God gave. That was man's plan. And uh, he did that when he was 86 years old. But at 99 years old, 24 years have passed and he's believed something that whole time, but he still hasn't received the answer. Why is that? Is it because it takes God a long time? No, it takes man a while, depending on uh, how long it takes to change them from wrong thinking to right thinking, wrong believing to right believing, you see. Um, So when Abraham was 99 years old, he had another encounter with the Lord. And the Lord appeared to him and says, I'm changing your name. 
In other words, he realized after 24 years, Abraham believes something, but he still doesn't get it. He doesn't realize that his words are tripping him up. His words are tripping him up. Um, If you're not careful, you can believe that God's your provider, but you're talking wrong words. You can know that God, you can know, I know he, I know he's, he's blessed me with provision. I know it. But then you go, I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know what to do about this financial problem. See, your words can trip you up in your faith life. We've got to have words that are in agreement with the faith in our heart. So 24 years, Abraham believed something, but he wasn't saying it. You can believe something in your heart, but until you say it, God can't fulfill it. So even though he had these very spectacular, dramatic events and occurrences in his life where the Lord appeared to him on several occasions, he still didn't receive it because the Lord appeared. He still had to call it. He still had to call it. God saw he's not getting it. He's believing something, but he's not getting how to release his faith. And so the Lord appears to him and says, I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham, from Sarah to Sarah. And uh, that is not just, he's calling him the father of a multitude. So when he changed his name, and we're talking about this in previous episode, your name is something you live with every day. You're either saying it every day, hearing it every day. It's an everyday occurrence is your name. Or you're seeing it. You can see it written on something. So God was filling his everyday life with what God said, the father of a multitude. God was helping him to be effective with his faith. Thank God for the patience of God that helps us to be effective. He won't give up on us. He'll help us, but we, we need to pay attention to his help. And so he, he if, if I could say this, helped him into being effective. Yes. 24 years. As soon as he started calling his name Abraham, using this as a lifestyle, because it was his name that he's living with, within three months, she conceives. It's a miracle that she can, it's a miracle that she even conceives, right? Um, 24 years of believing and not calling got nothing, but then believing and calling in three months, she conceives. And I'm, I, I cannot impress upon you enough. If you will give out an all out, if you will give an all out effort, a daily lifestyle effort to calling, it won't take long for what God has promised and what God has provided as yours to come to pass. Do not fall into the mindset. It takes long. It doesn't take long when faith is acting, speaking rightly. It doesn't take long. Now, um, three months she conceives. After she conceived, it was another nine months before it came into manifestation. That whole time, they're still staying with their new names. They don't go back to the old way of speaking. 
They stay with the speaking that carries revelation with it, calling themselves the calling himself a father of many nations. Why? Just because something's conceived doesn't mean it's manifested. That's right. Many times. People, if I could say this, because we have to realize this, we lay hold of something with our spirit before it ever manifests in this realm. Isn't that right? Every answer we receive is spiritual first, meaning this, we receive it with our spirit. Our spirit, it dawns on our spirit and we lay hold of it with our spirit. Then if we will hold fast to what we believe in our hearts, then what will happen God will bring it to, um, he'll consummate it into this natural realm. So it was conceived, but it had not come in consummation. How many of you know the devil would have loved to have that child aborted? Yeah. But uh, how were they able to keep that child in in the body of a woman who's around 100 years old from being miscarried? How did that body not say, we're not doing this and, 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 and miscarry that child. They kept calling every day. They kept, they kept, Abraham kept calling himself the father of a multitude by using his name. Once something is conceived, you got it. You got to keep saying it because you got to get it into manifestation in this realm. God's the manifester of it, but it's our calling that gives him permission to manifest it in this realm. So that name change was for the rest of their life. It wasn't for after this project gets fulfilled. You see, once God moves you into an understanding of something, he he expects you to walk in that understanding the rest of your life. Even after this project or this plan, this arm of what God said comes into manifestation, he expects us to continue on in that lifestyle. Never go back to talking wrong. Never go back to thinking wrong. Amen. They had to keep calling themselves by these new names for the rest of their life. Why? Because even after Isaac is born and they receive that seed, now there's generations that are supposed to come into place. And so by them calling after Isaac is born, now they're speaking into generations. That calling is affecting beyond Isaac now. Do you understand that? They didn't just call to get Isaac because uh, the Lord said, I'm going to make you a father of a multitude. Now he's the father. Now they're on the multitude side of that by continuing to call themselves by those names after Isaac is born. Amen. Amen. As I said, it was 25 years from the time God first said it till the time it manifested you say, my, it takes a long time for things to show up. No, once, uh, once Abraham understood mm-hmm. and began calling in line with the way God said, it was, it was quick. Do not fall into this thing of accepting. Uh, it'll take years. It'll take years. It doesn't take God long, no, but it can take us long to get it. Yes. Right. That's it. That's it. The quicker you get it, the quicker he can manifest oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's why you need to always be a student. It helps you get it quicker. You can speed up your manifestation. I said, you can speed up your manifestation. Why? By the more you feed on the word, the more it dawns on you. You're building a firm, a, a, a strong foundation for faith in you as you feed upon the word. And then the more you say it, you speed up the manifestation. The less you say it, you delay the manifestation. But the more you say it, the more you say it, the more you say it, be, in, be interested. Be interested enough in what belongs to you in Christ to, to make uh, your saying a lifestyle, that it's something you do all the time. Amen. Amen. Earnestly contend. Earnestly. You have to be interested enough to contend. And one way we contend is we call. We say, amen. I call myself prosperous. I call myself provided for. I call myself whole. And I don't just call it once because I'm interested in it a lot. And the more you're interested in it, the more you say it. Earnestly. Earnestly shows us a high interest level. Amen. So do you, do you know how we're going to move from where we're at today into the fullness and into the manifestation? By laying hold of everything he made ours, we're going to do it by uh, not only believing, but saying. Yes. Believing. and Faith has to be in two places. Yes. It has to be in your heart and in your mouth. This is where Abraham missed it for 24 years. It was in his heart and not in his mouth. With your heart, you shall believe, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Or we could say this, with the mouth, confession is made unto manifestation. He believed it in his heart, but until he put it in his mouth, what he believed in his heart didn't come to pass. Faith has to be in two places, your heart and your mouth. Your heart and your mouth. Your heart and your mouth. And can I say this? Even if you're having a difficult time believing it in your heart, if you'll just go ahead and put it in your mouth, it'll help put it in your heart. Dad Hagen used to say it this way. You can school yourself into faith by saying it even before you believe it because it will help you in your believing. Amen. What I would say to all of us, make your mouth do its work. Make your mouth do its work. If we're not calling, we're not contending. And we are to earnestly contend for the faith. Amen. How about that business that God's put in your heart? You can believe in your heart that there's a business, that there's something God has for you. It won't come to pass because it's in your heart. It's got to get in your mouth. It's got to, it's got to get in your mouth too. You can, you, you start saying, God has a business for me. God gives me a business. This business, it'll come to pass. And then we confess things because it helps us to know what actions to make. If we believe God has a business for us, we don't just sit at home in a rocking chair and wait for it to show up. We get out and we put feet to what we confess. Amen. Because faith is released through what we say and through what we do. Don't stop at the saying, move on to the doing. Amen. What about that dream home that you have in your heart to have? You say, I know God has a house for me. Good, good. You have to know some things. You do have to know some things, but if you're just going to leave it in the arena of knowing and not put it in the arena of saying, you'll do without. 
What you know in your heart has to find its way to your mouth. You have to say it. What about this? When you're part of a congregation, you know, for 25 years I pastored. Now my family helps me in pastoring the church as I travel more and as I do filming like this more. Um, But for 25 years I did my best to teach faith to our congregation. I sowed the word that produces faith into the congregation. And in that, because I'm part of the sowing, I go, then I get to reap some of that. (laughs) Meaning this, I encourage the congregation. You bring the faith that you've had, that you've received by sitting in this church. You bring it to the church, not just to your life. Yes, spend it in your life, but you need to bring, be bringing your faith to your local church. The vision, the fulfillment of the vision that God's given your pastor. You need to be calling that vision to come to pass. Not just the pastor calling it. He's sown the word into you so you can join your calling, join your faith to what he's saying and speed up the manifestation of that vision coming to pass in that local church. Amen. Notice in Romans 4, 17, where we had read that faith calls those things which be not as though they were. You have to call what God says into your life. It will not magically appear. If we call wrong things, wrong things appear. Wrong things manifest. We call ourselves broke. We call ourselves never having enough money. That's exactly what manifests, but it's not God who's going to manifest it. It's the devil. Amen. Our words determine who works for us. Is heaven going to work for us or or demons going to work against us? Is Satan's kingdom going to work? Our words assign whichever kingdom. Amen. So it's our divine privilege to find out what the word says is ours. Hear God's plan also for your own life. He'll reveal it to you. For example, the word tells us in Matthew 8, 17, himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. And I want you to look really because God brought me to the first phrase of that verse. Matthew 8, 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Notice That verse doesn't start out with himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That verse starts out with that it might be fulfilled which was spoken. Things have to be spoken before they can be fulfilled. The unspoken goes unfulfilled. When will this be fulfilled? When you speak it. Right. I wish God would hurry up, then hurry up and speak it. The more we speak it, the more he fulfills it. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah. What was Isaiah? You say, well, he was a prophet. And that that verse says, yes, he was a prophet, but I want you to know he was a man. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by a man who agreed with what God said. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Uh, Since God said it, we say it. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. It's not enough for God to say it. He says it so we will know what to say. 
His saying is not a substitute for our saying. His saying is a directive for our saying. It directs us in what to say. We don't even have to come up with what to say. He tells us the answer. And all we have to do is repeat it. How easy is this faith life? Just say what he says. Whether you understand it or not, just say it. I am made rich because he was made poor in my behalf. I'm made rich. I'm the healed, I'm the prosperous, I'm the blessed, and I'm the victor. Amen. Say it every day. Make it a lifestyle. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time. We love being with you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. God has provided a way for His children to have ongoing visitations from Him. But many Christians don't recognize these visitations. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.